Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yes, get your finger snapping with that sock hop rhythm because it's time for episode number 72 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. That song was written by my husband, Andrew Byrne, and I am Mark Blankenship, your co-host on this adventurous journey. Adventurous journey? Sure. I'll make up words or context for words. Point being, I am joined by <laughs> the ever-articulate Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Oh, boy. Hello. No pressure there. All right, so today we're going to be talking about a twin pack by Fountains of Wayne, uh, Red Dragon Tattoo, and Stacy's mom. Red Dragon Tattoo was requested by a friend of the show, Mike Dunn, formerly author of the Shows of Note email list, which I still miss. Please revive it, Mike Dunn. It was so fun to read your commentary on all the concerts that were going to be happening in the next uh, weeks and months. Uh Mike, I am not sure why, requested this. Uh, Fountains of Wayne are from New Jersey, which so are Mike and uh, myself. But uh, we felt like we couldn't really talk about one Fountains of Wayne song without talking about the Fountains of Wayne song. Yes. Which, of course, is Stacy's mom. And Mark suggested that we pair them and perhaps compare them. Uh I don't have much prep commentary for this. Shall we just hear a clip of Red Dragon Tattoo and get into it? Uh, One thing I will just say, because it doesn't really factor into any of the things we're going to talk about, I don't think, Fountains of Wayne takes its name from an actual home goods store called Fountains of Wayne, where they sold, like, fountains and other lawn furniture, and the storefront of Fountains of Wayne actually features in an episode of The Sopranos called Another Toothpick. So all New Jersey art eventually comes back to The Sopranos is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) It does and should. Uh, All right, here is a clip from Red Dragon Tattoo. you fit that lyric in here because this is a my favorite part of a song that to tell you the truth i just don't have that much to say um about the song qua song because the thing for me about fountains of wayne 
Uh, I think I bought their first album, which came out in like 95 or 96. And then I was like, eh. I mean, it was okay, but it was like excessively jangly and kind of seemed like Weezer light, at least at that time. And I was like, I just don't care. Like, I don't want to see this live. There's no one song that's like speaking to me. I don't. So I just sort of decided like they're not really for me. The album that this is from, this is off Utopia Parkway, right? Yes. Okay. Was like, okay, that's more power pop and less like sort of aggressive, like atonal garaginess. But they all kind of sound the same. And this is always my issue with Founts of Wayne is that they had the the one diamond, the one perfect egg of a song. And then everything before and after that just kind of stretches away in this like middle distance of sameness to me mm-hmm. because it's always kind of the same chord progression and like, oh, here's a penny whistle. Like, okay. <laughs> there are a couple of tracks on Welcome Interstate Managers that like eventually you have to go through your iTunes and be like, do I care about the rest of this album? Not really. So I kept Stacy's Mom and I kept one other song about how the parents went out of town and now they're all like jumping on the beds and having parties because it's kind of fun. But they all, they still all sound the same to me is that me no get it i think that it's exactly correct i bought the uh utopia parkway cd when i was in grad school and that was the last waning days (laughs) the last waning days (laughs) of the time that if you wanted the one good song you had to buy the whole cd Uh and i actually don't even remember now how i heard red dragon tattoo but that was the one song i had heard and then i wanted that song and it wasn't like indie rock bands were releasing CD singles, or at least Fountains of Wayne wasn't. So I bought the whole album. I only really ever listened to this song. And I, I don't think I ever even listened to the back half of the CD even one time. Because it was just like <laughs> six songs in a row that were all the same. And I think that you're so spot on to reference Weezer. There's Ben Folds in here. There's... Yeah. Definitely Beach Boys in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but what I think is interesting is that for the most part, okay, how to put this? I, it's going to sound like a negative, but then I'm going to talk about why in the case of this one song, I actually think it's a positive. To me, Fountains of Wayne, Ben Folds, Weezer, they're all part of that group of bands from the mid-90s to the mid-aughts that were making knowingly arch pop music that was on one hand very pleasant to listen to but on the other hand lyrically almost purposely devoid of real emotion right it's like they're they're instead of creating they it seems like that they are they are authors hovering above the characters in their stories that their songs are telling if you know what i mean like red dragon tattoo to me is a perfect example of this because it's about a guy who goes to Coney Island to get a tattoo so that a girl will be impressed by him. And he gets really specific about all of the details of what he's doing. And you can almost hear the song laughing along with, or maybe even at this guy. And, and I don't think he's actually, I don't think that the song is hates this guy the way that I felt like 
the song Pretty Fly for a White Guy by uh, The Offspring, they actually hate the guy they're singing about in that song. Yeah. But there's something about sort of a, 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 a performed cleverness in this type of music where it's never going to be something that I can actually care about because it's not designed to be cared about. It's designed to be impressed by, but not cared about. Where you're supposed to go, oh, oh, yes, that's very clever. Oh, I see what you did there. That reference in the in the harmonies to the Beach Boys is very clever. That reference to uh, the Cars, which is a big influence on this band, is very clever. And you know what? So at the end of the day, Red Dragon Tattoo is a song that it's catchy. I like it. But it's more like, all right, I appreciate it. I see what you did there. But there's there's something about it that lacks commitment because it also makes me think about um, Amy Mann. Amy Mann is someone who writes really smart, sometimes very arch music, but there's always something in an Amy Mann song that makes you feel like she has actually laid something on the line to tell the story. No, no, she's actually having a a feeling. The feeling is usually not positive, but it's there. Yeah, and... Like, there's that undercurrent of, like anger always with her that is one of the things that i like about her music this is just sort of like this is the i just don't feel like it whatever who cares of pop it's like exactly and cool weezer weezer is actually able to escape that trap i think on their best songs like buddy holly is a song that is exactly like this in its cleverness but there's this joy in buddy holly that makes me want to listen to it. There's this, there's something about you can, it feels like the band is having fun. And, you know, for all I know, the guys in Utah, uh, uh, Fountains of Wayne had a great time. Uh, it's interesting to note that Adam Schlesinger, who's one of the members of this band, he wrote the song That Thing You Do for the movie That Thing You Do, which is such a perfect sounding Fountains of Wayne song, if you think about it. Uh-huh. But it's so much fun. And then he also ended up writing... Uh, the Broadway musical Cry Baby, which is based on the John Waters film, filled with this type of music. And now he writes songs for the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So he really has made a whole career out of his certain brand of cleverness. But I just think that without those other projects and their narrative requirements, he sort of loses a certain amount of commitment. But all of that being said... Is he the one who's also the co-founder of the band Ivy? Yes. Yes, he is. Because they, like... The thing about Fountains of Wayne is it's like, look at us like underachieving, living in our parents' basements in New Jersey and like determinedly settling for less as Gen Xers. Like Ivy takes that thing to such an extreme that they got a French lead singer that they're like, our alienation is now complete. Yes. The lead singer's native language is not English. Like, okay. I mean, I love Ivy. Don't get me wrong, but... And I was impressed to learn that one of them co-founded that band. I thought that whole band was French and British. Um, but yeah, there is something a little... Jejun, I guess. It's just like... Mm, you willfully know, naive in that sense of jejun. Or just like... Maybe. No, I guess that's not what I mean. Um, Okay, now we have to have a sidebar where when I was in college and I had just learned the word jejun and was really proud to know the word jejun, I, in a class, I swear to God, told a professor confidently that Shaw was jejun. Wow. 
and that, my professor did incorrect. not <laughs> my professor did not slap my face but should have <laughs> because I, I was 19 years old and was trying to step to Shaw <laughs> yeah with Jejun no less um yeah and I'm it's like Shaw of... was like no boo yeah Shaw clawed his way above ground it was like a word hold my desiccated beer um I was thinking of some word with J in it that is not Jejun and it's not juvenile it and it's not that important um the I think the takeaway is that there is just something that's not essential about 95% of Fountains of Wayne's output and possibly including Stacy's mom but ooh bef- before we go to Stacy's mom though I do want to say one thing the reason I do can still make space in my heart for Red Dragon Tattoo is the verse that I clipped tells you so much information in such a short amount of time about I hear the man say, do you want to see the others? A mermaid, a heart that says mother. And then the guy's like, but I don't know from maritime, and I never did hard time. So he tells you so much about the guy's perception of what a mermaid and a mother tattoo means. And then you learn he brought 38 special CDs and some back teen to try to get him through this process. And I just feel like that is... I am impressed by the amount of narrative information there, and I also think it is quite clever when he says, I'm fit to be dyed, D-Y-E-D, in reference to getting this tattoo. It's clever. Again, is it something that I connect to or ever really need to hear again? No, but I do appreciate that cleverness. So, with that, though... Yeah, so do I, but there's also this top note of, like, get a load of this asshole. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you're right. the, The song is like... It isn't quite loathing him. The, the, the song isn't quite loathing the narrator, but the song is intentionally making the narrator out to be a loser. Like, we're meant to feel superior to him. Yeah. Without a doubt. And not in a, like, not necessarily in an earned way. That it's like, can you believe these, you know, kids wanting to get tattoos for reasons? And it's like, uh... Like, yeah. <sighs> you're totally right. And I, again... Pretty Fly for a White Guy. I don't know if you remember that song. That song legitimately loathes its uh, narrator. But this song, it's still, it's like, again, we're meant to feel superior. Anyway, yeah. but that brings us to the song that uh, in, uh, the, like, in, the, in the mid-aughts got Fountains of Wayne on the chart for the first and only time. And also got them a Grammy nomination for Best New Artist, believe it or not. Which is so crazy, because it was like 10 years after their first album dropped. I know. I mean, well, let's hear a clip, and then let's talk about how all of the narrative things that we found a little bit, like, not actively off-putting, but just a little, like, it makes it hard to really love Fountains of Wayne. Let's talk about how uh, they succeed or don't, or are used or not in this song after a clip.
this narrator is also, in my opinion, a contemptible figure. Um, yes. Stacy is one of the tr- most tragic figures <laughs> in pop <laughs> at me. I truly believe that, like, I just am imagining poor Stacy, who's maybe not as well appointed yet on top as her mom and not prone to being out in a towel, sort of looking at the narrator of this song with these puppy dog eyes like why is he always over here but he never tries to kiss me this is a nightmare poor stacy and also but poor this narrator who while he is you know contemptible for how he is trying to use stacy to bone her mom is also clearly never going to bone her mom he is deluded he right. is going to be completely heartbroken like whatever happens like four verses after this song is going to be so uncomfortable that i can't even think about it because it's going to be like hey and she'll be like gross you're 15 isn't that actually it sounds like the plot of a todd solon's movie like happiness 2 or something totally and the and he's so convinced like he's waited for so long he's waited and waited And at the same time, this is a great song melodically. Like, immediately your head starts bobbing. It happened the first time I listened to it. It happened every time I listened to it. The build of the song is fantastic. Like, this increasingly throbbing sense of this, like, walking boner that is a suburban boy with a MILF in his eyeline. The harmony is amazing. The plaintiveness of the final choruses that it was like, and now I will ascend to the throne of losing my virginity. Oh, wait, that's clearly not going to happen. Like, here is where Fountains of Wayne's, like, narrative uh, holding of its subjects and narrators at arm's length really works perfectly like this is the sweet spot of it because Mm. everything Mm -hmm. just drops into focus about this kid stacy the mom who's totally oblivious to this like you can and you know i'm from north jersey like i am picturing a specific lawn right in this in this uh narrative right but it's such a perfect marriage of like band tone and the music and they should have just quit after this i'm not a crackpot mark talk to me i feel like yeah you're exactly right i don't even know that i understand why this song is the apotheosis of what they're going for like it's not that it's not that different from red dragon tattoo except it is so much more memorable than red dragon tattoo I feel like maybe part of it is that there's just fewer words. Like they just get out of their own way a little bit yeah, and maybe. they just strip it down. Like it's because just they give you the hook of Stacy's mom has got it going on. And then earlier in the song, it's Stacy's mom has got it going on. Like they just take that one simple couplet and then just repeat it over and over, which is what pop songs are supposed to do. So maybe, maybe it's that they just... I could see Red yeah. Dragon Tattoo there being like, the, the the song is sort of like, can you believe this asshole? And then Stacy's mom being like, can you believe this asshole? Dot, dot, dot. 
that I was in the early 80s right. with my right. ostensible girlfriend's mom, and it went horribly. Like, uh, maybe not. But but I feel like, yeah, maybe though. But and on I, paper, I, you're just... absolutely right, is my point. Like, there's not... It's It's hard to pinpoint with specifics, like, what sets these apart from each other and what makes Stacy's mom, at least in my opinion, like an order of magnitude better a song than Red Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. There's something, ab- my gut tells me that it's something about simplicity that that's, this song is just somehow a little simpler than the other song. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, who can say, I mean, I, I think it is a little more felt for whatever reason, yeah. even if that feeling is a cringe, they, they really go there, so. Did you happen to revisit the video? I did not. I don't think I've ever seen so, it, actually. The music video is such teenage boy porn. and <laughs> Oh, it's Rachel uh, Hunter, isn't it? Yes, Rachel Hunter is the mom, uh-huh. and she... You know, the video just plays up the fact that she's a sex pot. It's kind of like the Hot for Teacher video by Van Halen. <laughs> And Stacy is a tragic figure in this video because she is actually played by a voluptuous actress as well. But she's like doing everything she can to get the boy's attention and he just won't look. And then there's like a uh, a Fast Times at Ridgemont High homage at the end where Stacy walks in on this guy jerking off in her bathroom oh, thinking about hit her no. mom and like really I mean oh, the video is super super raunchy and probably misogynistic honestly but there's something about it that's so off the wall crazy that it just like it fits all right somehow. well if that's it, like the fast times reference in the video i'm assuming the band had say over that and that makes me think that maybe this is rooted in some kind of painful reality of memory for someone in the band yes <laughs> i would say that you're probably right you're probably right and uh, also, they make overt references in the video to the cars, like letting you know that they know where they got their influences from. And I believe that song, I was just talking uh, about this with a future guest, Kevin Smokler, that he just wrote a piece for about um, that song, Moving in Stereo, I think it's called, that is playing mm. when... Phoebe Cates is getting out of the pool in the fantasy sequence and Judge Reinhold is uh, thwapping it in the bathroom. That's a car song. <laughs> Interesting. I know. I thought it was um, not the Buggles. Uh, who's it? Pop, pop, pop music? Is that television? Oh, that's um, talk about. That's just the, the M. It's just M. M. Okay. The R's, just right. the single letter. I don't know why I thought that was them and not the cars, but uh, yeah, so it's all this like Moebius strip of references in that video, apparently, but um, I would kind of love for them to do a concept album that's like country music, like Ween did, and it's all written by the Stacy figure. Ah, amazing. Oh my God. I know that we call out for Alison Krauss to remake every song <laughs> in the world, <laughs> We but do. could Alison Krauss please sing this album? <laughs> yes, all of it. Oh, uh, I, I mean, I'd buy that. Look, I'll sing that, too. and I hate singing. I will sing it. I will do what I have there. to do. 
uh, done. Kick Stacy. Let's let's do that. All right. I think that brings us uh, to the end of another episode. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the last thought I would leave us with is this: some groups become one-hit wonders, and you realize that there was a great wealth of other material that the culture should have heard. Some groups become one-hit wonders because they literally only made one song over and over and over again. And Fountains of Wayne clearly is that band. But given that we're writing like future music fanfic about that one song, I'd say job well done and hashtag free Stacy. And we'll talk to you next time. Stacy, we're here for you. <laughs> Team Stacy. Yep. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting, that's me, and edited by Sarah D. Bunting, that's also me. Do you need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Here's how. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet at us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mastass.podcast. And you can become a supporter and producer of this podcast at our Patreon page. That's at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.